The following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. Advent is the period of preparation for the celebration of the coming birth of Jesus, and its name comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. In this series called The Coming Shepherd, we will celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, as well as we also celebrate his anticipated coming again, when he will usher in the kingdom of God in its fullest understanding. We hope you enjoy. All right, everybody turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be in the first 17 verses, Matthew chapter 1. Tonight we're going to start just a very short Advent series that we're going to do throughout December and January. And then we'll pick back up with our next series back at the end of January. Let me go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll get started here. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this past week where we get to celebrate just how thankful we are for friends and family and all the many things that you've blessed us with. I do pray that you'd be with us tonight as we look at the first chapter of Matthew. and As we spend some time unpacking the Advent, you're coming to this earth, Lord. Just pray that it would be impactful for us and help us to wrestle with the promises we see here in these first 17 verses. So help us to trust in you more because of our time together. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So genealogies. Y'all ever done like a Bible reading program and you get to the genealogies and you're like, you just kind of just skip through them, right? Genealogies are not the most exciting things. Genealogies are not something that you just wake up dreaming. I cannot wait to read this four-page genealogy in the Bible today, right? But genealogies are actually really, really important in the Bible. The word genealogy comes from a word that actually talks about a catalog of ancestors or a history of descent. And all the genealogies throughout the scriptures are always telling a story. It's not just a bunch of names that are randomly thrown on a page. They're actually telling us a story. We tend to see them as like throwaway passages, like, I don't need to, this isn't super important, right? I just, uh, but all the names that are included are super important because they're part of a bigger, bigger story. So like all genealogies, the genealogy of Jesus is a family story. It's an important family story. It contains the story of God's promises throughout the Old Testament and how they come true in the New Testament. We're going to actually unpack that a little bit tonight. So if you're taking notes, here's what I want us to really see tonight. The genealogy of Jesus tells us who Jesus is and what he's going to do. So first I want to talk about the people in the genealogy, and then I want to look at the structure of it. So let's first look at the people, specifically this title that's given to Jesus here in the first verse, and then we'll look at the structure of it. So I'm going to read verses 1 to 17. It's a lot of names, but it's okay. These are all good and important things for us. All right, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nation, Nation the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon 
by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, Joram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, and Abiad the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliad, Eliad the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation of Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. So a lot of names, a lot of names that you probably never heard of, maybe a few that you recognize, but all of this is super important. I want you to notice the title that's given to Jesus here. What does it say in verse 1? What is Jesus called? Okay, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Okay, and both of these are hugely important to this particular story. Okay, so let's start with the first part of that verse, the book of the genealogy of Jesus. So again, the word genealogy has its root word in the word Genesis. Genesis is what? It's the story of what? The beginning, right? And here we have the beginning and, and unfolding of Jesus's family line from his ancestors all the way to his ministry here on this earth. The book of Genesis is full of genealogies, a lot of very important ones. And they're always introduced kind of the same way that this one is. These are the generations of, and then it goes on and lists all these people. And all of those, in, specifically in Genesis, always come at a critical time in the life of Israel, specifically with people like Adam and Noah, and Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. Because all these people are pivotal to God's story. And they're all pointing to the beginning of God's redemptive story. And I've often told you all that in Genesis 3.15, that's the promise of the seed of the woman who's going to step on the seed of the serpent. There's always going to be this battle between Christ and Satan. And all of Scripture flows from that promise. All of Scripture flows from that promise that God is sending a Redeemer. Someone who's going to save us. So the promise, according to what we see here, is that it's Jesus Christ. So let's unpack this whole thing. So Jesus means Yahweh saves. Okay, so even Jesus' name shows us exactly what he's going to do. The name Christ is a translation of the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means Messiah or anointed one. And again, this is hugely important because Jesus was set apart to do the work of the Father. The Father sent him to do a specific work. So in the Old Testament, there were three offices, three different positions that required an anointing. And that was the prophets, the priests, and the king. Okay? And Jesus is all of those in one. Okay? It was actually not encouraged to have someone be a prophet and a king, or a priest and a prophet, or a priest and a king. Okay? These, these were supposed to be separate things. Okay? But Jesus fulfills all three of these roles in the perfect anointed fashion. So the birth of Jesus, it's a new genesis. It's a new beginning for God's people. It's a new unveiling of this covenantal promise that has been made from the beginning. Okay? 
So when we get to these two titles here, the son of David and the son of Abraham, I want us to just spend just a little bit of time unpacking this because this is actually really neat. So he's called the son of David. So I want to put this out there for you all. Why do you think it's important that Matthew is tracing the line of Jesus through David? What might be the significance of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, if you know you have this new figure, this, I guess Jesus character that's coming to David, and so he was imperfect, but very much called by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was David's role? He was the king. And if you read throughout the whole of the Old Testament scriptures. There is a promise of someone who's going to come from whose line? David's line. A greater king, right? So, and Matthew actually describes Jesus as the son of David quite a bit throughout the book of Matthew. I think it's at least eight or nine times. So this is kind of a key phrase for Matthew. And this is a good title for us to think about because the promises that came from the Davidic covenant, we spent a lot of time unpacking the covenants a couple semesters ago. The promise of the Davidic covenant was that even though David was the greatest king of Israel, there was someone that was going to come that would be even better. Someone that would actually be perfect. Where David could not be perfect. Even in all of his greatness, David did a lot of great things, right? But he also did what? He also made a lot of boneheaded decisions, okay? He also sinned quite a bit. But this promise of this greater king finds themselves in Jesus. This is who they're talking about. Okay? So, through this, this promise to David that from his line would come the Messiah, there's three things that we see. We see that, that God is setting aside a special people to have a special relationship, and there's going to be a special descendant that comes from that line, the one that would rule over God's kingdom forever. The whole theme of the book of Matthew is the unveiling of the kingdom of God. And right here at the beginning, we have the king coming to unveil that to the world. So, David's greater son would be the promised Savior. This is Christ. This is Jesus. So, we have him described as the son of David, but we also have him described as the son of Abraham. Now, why might this be important? This is showing that all the promises that were made all the way back to Israel, back in the Old Testament, they're going to find their completion in Christ. So, this wasn't just a promise that was made to Abraham a long time ago, and all of a sudden God's saying, well, I'm just going to change plans. No, it's all coming true here. Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. And this isn't just a random fact for us. Because if you remember back in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 11, when the Tower of Babel happened, what happened? All the people, they thought that they were big stuff and they could build this huge tower. And what did God do? He sent a bunch of languages in the world to confuse them. And they had to scatter and separate, Okay, speaking many different languages. And the purpose of that was so that God could continue his redemptive plan for the world. And through this, God promised to make Abraham his special people. He promised to give them a specific, special land to dwell in. And he promised that the world would have a Savior through his lines. We see actually very similar things, very similar promises to David and Abraham here. And all of this is a stark reminder to the world that God is not forgetting his promises. He's not up there forgetting the things that he's told his people in the past. He's actually fulfilling it through the sending of Christ. Because Jesus keeps the promises of 
uh, that were made to Abraham, to David, to the entire world. And this is what I want to really sink in tonight. Because of that, we can actually trust in those promises. Even just looking at this genealogy, we can say, thanks be to God. Thank you, God, for fulfilling your promises. Because we can trust in his word. Because he's showing us right here, right? That his word is true. The responsibilities of the Messiah were very specific. Some Joe Schmo couldn't just show up and say, yeah, I'm the dude, I'm the guy. I'm here to save the world. Why wouldn't that work? Because they're not perfect. But Jesus was. The responsibilities of the Messiah were very detailed. They were written hundreds of years before Jesus even came onto the earth. So either Jesus fulfills that or he doesn't. There's no in-between. And I think what's being told to us right here in this genealogy, he's the son of David, he's the son of Abraham, shows us that Jesus meets these responsibilities and he does them in their fullest and he does them perfectly. So the title, the titles that are given to Jesus are hugely, hugely important. I wish I had time to kind of unpack some of the names in here, but in your small groups, we'll at least talk about that a little bit. But I want us to just very briefly look at the makeup of this genealogy. So let's look at verse 17. It says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Okay. So, 14 generations between Abraham and David, 14 generations in between David and the exile, and then 14 generations between the exile and Jesus. And if you know anything about the Bible, numbers are actually pretty significant. Certain numbers have representations that mean things. Now, we don't want to overthink those. This number 14 is actually pretty significant because the number 14 is a complete number in Jewish culture. It's considered a perfect number. We can read verse 17 and be like, well, that's kind of a strange verse. I don't understand what that means. Let's unpack this just for a second. This is incredibly specific and incredibly selective. Now, Matthew's not naming every single person that came from these lines. There wouldn't be time for that, right? But he is being very specific in the way that he does do this. Okay, I promised Gideon I was going to do some math tonight. Okay, So there's a term called gematria. And this is essentially a literary device used by Jews where they would assign a certain number to the consonants of a name. Those consonants would add up to a number. So the name David, you have the consonants, D, V, D. D would be the number 4, plus 6, which is V, plus D, which is another 4. Good job, thank you. Which is 14. Okay, A lot of symbolism going on here. So if you look at the whole genealogy here, where do you think David falls? What number do you think he is? He's the 14th. So again, if we look at the whole imagery of 14 being a complete and perfect number, what do you think it's telling us about the use of the number 14 in this genealogy? It finds its perfection where? A little bit further. Yeah, in Jesus, because Jesus comes from the line of David. So again, this is a very popular thing for first century Jews who were receiving this letter to do. The structure is saying the promised king, the one that's even greater than David, he's showing up. He's already come. We saw him. He was crucified, dead, and he rose again. So, again, genealogies are super important because we get to learn about the story of God's love and promises throughout the generations. I can't go back super far in my genealogy. I was able to do a little bit of digging around, and it's a much longer story that I have time to give y'all. But I actually have a very 
interesting family line that involves a lot of uh, criminals, Italian criminals. There were some deaths along the way. Uh, so I actually, I find my genealogy very interesting. And I can tell you the full story later, but I don't have time to do that right now. But I find my genealogy really interesting because it shows where my family has come from. And all of us have a story of where our families have come from. Some of you might come from a, you know, a family of average people that just don't do unaverage things, and that's totally cool. And maybe you come from a checkered past, or maybe you come from, you know, a wealthy family, a poor family. We all come from different walks of life. We all have different family stories. But they all get us from where we were to where we are now. And they actually tell us something about where we're going. And this genealogy does that. It tells us who Jesus is, what he came to do, and what he's going to continue to do as he is the better king. What is he doing right now? He's where? He's in heaven. What is he doing? He's reigning over this earth. He's mediating for you and me because he is that better king. Genealogies show us so much more than just a bunch of names. They show us the complete story. Christ is the fulfillment of these promises, starting all the way back with Abraham in verse 2, finding their way straight through the line of David, and then all the way to Christ, through all the messy exile stuff that we dealt with this past semester. Jesus was still coming through that. It wasn't like they went into exile and God was like, I can't stand you people anymore. I'm going to go pick a new people. No, he continued to pursue his people. And Jesus came out of that. These lists of descendants remind us that Jesus came to save all kinds of people. One of your small group questions is going to ask you to look at specific names and if they would be ones that you would include in your genealogy. There's some people listed on here that you're probably like, I don't want to associate with that person. Okay, But God chose to come from a line of messy people. He didn't just come and pick a perfect family with perfect smiles and perfect attitudes who took perfect pictures together at Christmas. No, he chose a line of people that were just an absolute mess. And he came and he saved the world through this family line. So this Advent season, it's a time of looking back, but it's also a time of looking forward to the second Advent, which is when Jesus comes back in his second coming. And we're reminded that God always keeps his promises. We're reminded that the second Advent, when he does come back, it's going to be way different than the first time he came. It's going to be better. And that it's also a good time for us to prepare for that return, to think about the future, to think about the way that God is working in us right now. So we're going to unpack that a little bit in small groups. Let me pray for us, and then we'll split up here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Advent season. We thank you for this time that we can come and even just read a genealogy together and learn more about who you are and what you're doing. I pray for these students that as they wrap up the semester, and as they finish papers and take midterms and exams, all the fun stuff that comes from school, Lord, that you would just bless them, watch over them, help them to study well, but also pray that you would help us to study your word well tonight. As we think about this genealogy and what it means for us, we praise your name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WIM.